Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Rotten Tomatoes is Wrong. I am your host, Mark Ellis, joined, as always, by my trusty cohort, the, the Wednesday to my Pugsley, Jacqueline Coley. How are we on this fine Halloween into Thanksgiving holiday transitioning day? I think this is a great time. This is where fall really kicks in. This is my favorite time. I know a lot of people love Halloween, and I like Halloween. It's fine, but I'm a Thanksgiving girl. An entire day built around food. And How, football. But mostly food. <laughs> I'm sorry. The football is there, and I love football as well. But, like, yeah, now we get three I games. would still enjoy the day, even if the football wasn't there. But if you remove the food, I would die. No, Thanksgiving, I would say, probably up there. It, it's been my favorite holiday at different parts of my life. And I love that time of the year most. If I could just take that, like, September weather and put it into November. Because it, it's getting a little chilly. For old Mark Ellis. Now my it's start. I, I got the, the skin's starting to chap a little bit. <laughs> uh let's bring in our special guest here. Uh, you know her as uh, third of the world girls, uh Doreen Ariano. You know where you love her, returning favorite here on the show. Darina, your favorite time of year is Halloween. Okay. I'm sorry, I, Jacqueline. I, uh, yeah. I like Halloween. I'm just not with the when people say I love Halloween. It's a different gear than me. And I don't play with that same gear. So I have to be very clear. I am like a casual on Halloween. Right. This is a professional. Correct. <laughs> I am a professional. And uh, I also understand the appeal of the food and the football day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is, it is also a fantastic day. Um, I like it much more than Christmas. But um, Halloween is, you know, it. I celebrate it for two months, about September, October, because if Christmas gets two months. Why doesn't Halloween, right? Mm. So uh, the only uh, issue now is that that this is when the seasonal depression starts. Oh, what is that? Vitamin D. Yes. Is is that a thing with you, or is that a thing with just the populace in general? Is there some sort of planet that's spinning the wrong way this time of year that causes this? There's always a spinet, uh, a a spinet, a (laughs) planet. There's always a spinet. There's always a planet spinning the wrong way, but it's sunny all the time except for soon, the winter time. That makes me sad. I don't like, are we changing the time again? I don't want to do that. I don't know when we roll the clocks back to and fro, but I know that the clocks are always right twice a day, except maybe if you're in the Adams family residence, because <laughs> I don't know if those clocks ever work on time, or maybe those are the only clocks that actually are really telling the time the way it should be, because we know the Adamses, we've loved them since some folks from as far back as the sitcom in the 60s. And then you had these two movies that dropped in the early 90s. You had Adam's Family 91, Adam's Family Values in 1993, which is the topic of our conversation today. Shout out to our crew over at RottenTomatoes.com. You can currently find the best 60 Thanksgiving movies over there. Charlie Chaplin in The Gold Rush is number one at 100% well-deserved. Adam's Family Values is number 18 
on this list, sporting a 75% certified fresh score, 63% with the audience, which is still fresh, but a little, I, I think I have a feeling why it's a little lower for some audience members. Uh, the OG Adams family from 1991, the OG movie, I should say, is 67% fresh with a 66% audience score. So we have these movies that we love for Halloween. We have Christmas movies. And this one is, for many reasons, I think considered rightfully so, a Thanksgiving film, maybe the best Thanksgiving movie of them all. Before we find out what our take on Adam's Family Values is some 30 years after its release, and I saw this in theaters, oh my God, what's happening to me? Let's go to you first, Darina, our special esteemed guest. I feel like a movie and a guest have never been more perfectly paired on this show than Adam's Family Values and Darina being our special guest. Is Rotten Tomatoes wrong about Adam's Family Values? This is a much too low score. This mm. is just too low. This is if you can uh, if some of the sequels and prequels of the Star Wars franchise are at 90s or 80s, it is much too low. <laughs> this movie is better than any anything that those people made. Just saying. Wow. Okay. Yeah, no, this this is a uh, and we all love the first one here. Yes. We're all huge fans yes. of the first one. Absolutely. Uh, but the second one to me is even better. It is a masterpiece of a movie. It has got it's got not only probably the greatest casting ever. Mm. Um, you got a, a Boricua Gomez with the great Raul Julia being his last movie. Mm -hmm. um, you got obviously the great Angelica Houston, Christina Ricci. Um, and on top of that, it's visually stunning and one of the greatest villains of all time with the yeah. great John Cusack as Debbie Jelinski. Like this is a perfect, almost perfect movie. Like I, maybe you could give it like a 90 something percent. Maybe. But I don't really see any flaws in it. I could I, I think Rotten Tomatoes is wrong because it's too low. And the audience score, I don't think they understood it for it being 60 something. I think that there yeah. is some uh, some panic going on with some parents is, yeah. yes. is maybe the, what I would say is why the audience Partially, score is as low yeah. as it is, because I agree with you. I think this movie, you'd it'd be a raging debate in my household, which is pretty much just me and the dog barking at each other <laughs> as to whether the first one or the second one is, is the better film. OK, the first Adams to the second. Because I could watch these as one long movie like they're that good and everybody comes to play and both. There's nobody who was great in the first one who's mailed it in in the second one. I love, love, love both of these movies and they present a sense of humor that I think is sorely lacking in cinema that we've gotten today. Like, there's been great comedies that come up every so often, but my God, these things are just, every joke hits in these films so hard. Jacqueline Coley, are you in agreement with this love fest or is Rotten Tomatoes maybe a little wrong on the other side for you? It's, it's, you know what? Did we just yeah. win you over already before the movie talk segment no. began? <laughs> I just think the audience score is more right. Okay. I, okay. I think fresh. the audience score is right. I don't think that the film's issues are specifically related to what was seen on screen. I think this is a case of the same reason why Skyfall, if you look at that movie, it has a much lower score than the other ones. It's because they made James Bond fallible. It's because people don't want to see James Bond mm, okay. get hurt. Mm. They only want to see James Bond be the toughest dude on the block. It's wish fulfillment. You don't want to see the Adams family get too close to normal. <laughs> the closer they get to normal, and this was an instance where it's like before it was the weird Adams family where normal was just sort of peeking on the outside, trying to invade them. Now you have the different situation of like, no, we have taken the weird and put it in the normal, and it just doesn't sit well to me. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, like I en I enjoyed the place that they took these characters, but in the back of my mind, I was like, I don't think we should be here. 
Huh. Like we we went we went wrong to be here. And don't get me wrong, I know why we went wrong because they wanted to set up what they set up, which was amazing, but it's like we sacrificed I think a lot, especially with the other characters. Like Gomez and um Morticia. Morticia spend most of the time in that motel doing absolutely nothing. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like they kind of condense down their story in a lot of ways. What are you talking about? Not doing nothing. <laughs> Not doing nothing. What are you talking about? Like, they are there. You you just called out the uh, the most romantic, beautiful couple, fic- <laughs> fictional couple. Maybe the greatest ever couple of all time. That, that <laughs> has the sexiest, consensual BDSM sex. <laughs> They are not doing nothing in that motel. No, jacket. you're right. You're very true in that respect. It, I, I wanted it to be very like, the minute it came out of my mouth, I was like, well, not <laughs> nothing. But do you know what I mean? Like when we talk about the plots and the moments that work on this movie, it's a Wednesday Adam movie yes. and a Joan Cusack movie yes. and an Uncle Fester movie. And all of those things make it absolutely incredible. They're the favorites and some of the best parts of the first movie. So right. I get why we're leaning in. That being said, I'm like, could we have found another way? Well, you have the privilege. And by the way, you should know that maybe of everybody here on the show today, the biggest lover of Adam's Family Values in the room might be producer Brian. Because Doreen has said it's one of her favorite movies of all time. Brian immediately jumped in. Yeah. Unprovoked. He doesn't say a lot, folks. Wedged into the conversation. But he had to make his presence known about this one. He loves this movie, which Jacqueline is now going to give us the synopsis of Adam's Family family Values. I really do feel bad because I feel if I get one word wrong, (laughs) she's going to come across this sure microphone and turn it over to Dorena's. No, I got it. I got it. But I'm I'm just letting you know that I would never stab you, Jacqueline. It's okay. I secretly poison you. I'm kidding. I might deserve it. Uh, So we find ourselves back with the Adam's Family. As Morticia let us know in the previous one, we're going to be having a new addition, obviously, to the family, and he needs a nanny. Um, We have the youngest Adam's family needs a nanny, and so they hire the very beautiful, the very bright, and the slightly weird Joan Cusack, who plays (laughs) Debbie Jelinski, and she immediately develops a love affair with Uncle Fester. And we find out later that is because Debbie is a severely deranged serial killer (laughs) who marries uh, wealthy, lonely men so that she can steal their inheritances. And that's essentially what she ends up doing to the Adams family. First, she kicks out his family, gets all the funds under Uncle Fester, tries to doll him up into this weird version of himself so with a very bad wig. <laughs> and meanwhile, the kids are shipped off to a summer camp full of the worst versions of Karens and Chads that you have ever seen. <laughs> and meanwhile, Morticia and the rest of the crew, including Granny, Thing, and Lurch and everyone else, is stuck in a motel, which is the only place that they can afford in their very stunted uh, financial circumstances. No, that's but, the first one. Oh, that's, oh did, wait, no. Once they get kicked out of the manor, the girls are on at the Thanksgiving, sort of like they're at the summer camp, and they put on a Thanksgiving play where Wednesday falls in love, and Pugsley and them are literally just the worst versions. They don't smile. The Karen and the Chad, who run it, played by the great Christine Baranski and Peter McNichols, who you recognize from Ghostbusters. Anyway, they're not having it. They basically set the entire camp on fire. This is around the time that Debbie is trying to enact her final plan. But meanwhile, everybody gathers together. They stop Debbie. They bring back everyone. And Fester, of course, reconciles with his brother. And they all find out that it's all good because Debbie obviously twisted them against it. And they all live happily ever after. 
Yeah, they do. Sorry. Everybody does. Uh, the one thing I got wrong, you, you know what it was? We were thinking about the damn motel before. Yeah, we were talking about yeah. the BDSM it's sex. Com- it's confusing and because I, of of the it's there's similar plot lines. There's similar problems. Yes. But no, they don't get they don't get sent over to the motel room in this right. one. Honestly, I just wanted to think about their BDSM sex. But that, I, ladies I and gentlemen. You. Is the Adams family? Well, yeah, I mean, values. you have the first movie where it's kind of like it, just trying to welcome Fester back into the family. Yes, right. And then here it's Fester, it, you know, against his own will, sort of locking them out. And then yes. it, so it, there, there's a lot of festering going on. There's a lot of festering. The first one and in Adams Family Values, which now we're going to turn it over to our buddy Tim Ryan, who's our expert review curation manager here at Rotten Tomatoes. He's going to tell us what critics were saying at the time of this film's release when a 12 year old Mark Ellis might have gone with a bunch of his friends to see this very film. Two minutes with Tim. It's not a hard and fast rule by any means, but the general trajectory of most franchises is as follows. The first entry is a critical and commercial hit, and the sequels clean up at the box office while receiving a more muted response from the critics. Obviously, there are exceptions, and one of the more perplexing is the case of the Addams Family films. The Addams Family from 1991 was a box office smash, cracking the top 10 in a year that included the likes of Terminator 2, Home Alone, and Silence of the Lambs. The sequel, Addams Family Values, found favor with the critics, who enjoyed its sly satire of contemporary politics and the performances, particularly from Angelica Houston, Raul Julia, and especially Christina Ricci. But while it's become a cult favorite in the ensuing years, its reputation greater than the original, Adam's Family Values barely cracked the top 30 at the box office in 1993, taking in half of what the original made. Adam's Family Values is certified fresh at 75% on the tomato meter with 114 reviews, and it has a 63% audience score. And just for comparison, The Adam's Family from 1991 is fresh at 67%. So what did the critics have to say? In a fresh review, Dan Gyre of the Chicago Daily Herald wrote, As she was in the first Adams Family film, Ricci's Wednesday is the glowing ember of the cast, a deadpan, dead-on, deadly deliverer of devilishly devastating dialogue. However, in a rotten review, Gary Thompson of the Philadelphia Daily News wrote, Though this sequel probably has more creative energy than its predecessor, the constant stream of one-liners and sight gags is very much hit or miss. The Rotten Tomatoes critics' consensus reads, New, well-developed characters add dimension to this baddie satire, creating a comedy much more substantial than the original. So that's Adam's family values. Let's kick it back to Jacqueline and Mark, two people who gladly feast on those who would subdue them. That That's was beautiful. Uh, I needed I needed a little bit true. more sauce on that line, read Tim, but I appreciate it. <laughs> I'm just saying, you, you got to bring the goods for that one. Let's get into this one because I have a feeling we're... we're uh, I'm going to feel like a little bit like you were last okay. week, Mark, on this one. I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> Hit the music. I can't help but think that one of the reasons why this one didn't have the box office returns of the first one, even though it had most of the critical acclaim, is that Thanksgiving is a time for food and football, but also big time movies, family kind of movies come out. This movie was released November 19th, 1993, and it was number one in the box office. The next week, Mrs. Doubtfire showed up Hello. and her way to, I mean, just demolishing everything else in her path. So Darina, 
you and I were about the same age, maybe a few weeks difference. Mm -hmm. Did we see this movie in the theater like I did? Oh, yes. Yes. Um, I was about, this was 93, correct? Mm -hmm. I was about 11 years old, so still in Mexico and saw it in the Mex Mexicali Theater subtitles. And I was very excited because I was always a huge fan of the first one. I had no idea I was going to love this one even more. And I remember because the, there's a huge difference between um, one of the cultural differences between Mexicans and American families is uh, there's a reason why this particular movie would not be as popular today and would not be sold as a family film. Right. Because of the two adult sexy humor. Right. Mm. So that's not that's not something that happens in Mexico. Right. Like for us, we're like there's we kids are aware that sex exists. Right. 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 Here they they try to shield it from you. Right. So we cleverly we yes. like basically it's just not up front. Like they right. put it in there, but it's only the adults get it. Correct. Yes. And so uh, so that was uh, anything. Any of the dark humor was great. Like we loved all of it. Right. Like it was it was a riot. The entire theater was laughing and clapping like it was it was really? very well received when, when I saw it. Uh, it was. Yeah. It, it's. Uh, I was very happy with it. I was obsessed with it. Uh, I told my mom this is my favorite Thanksgiving movie. Uh, no offense <laughs> to the great Steve Martin and John Candy, obviously, because that's the other very. Planes, Trains, on Radio is pretty good Thanksgiving movie. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Did you? Did either y'all? Because we like. I knew what the Adams Family was from seeing it on TV constantly. Was that in everybody's house or just mine? The, the, the original sitcom. The uh, black and white. Yes. Yeah. 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 That was on. That was the Nick at Nighter. Or yeah. Like a, yes. Somewhere in there. But we all knew it. We all knew the characters. So like walking into the first one, because I saw both of these movies in the theater when I was a kid. And seeing this one in Williamsburg, Virginia, it just, it, again, you walked out of the theater just marveling at how many jokes, how fast. And, and I really left thinking that Joan Cusack was such a surprising and awesome and hilarious and nefarious villain. Like, she really shows up and you don't know what to make of her initially. And quickly you realize she is the antagonist in this movie. And I just thought she just knocked it out of the stadium. So completely um, yeah. the, the best scene, actually my favorite scene in the movie is when she blows up or thinks she blows up Vester in the house. Yeah. And she's outside in her car <laughs> and she starts practicing how she's going to cry in front of the cops. Yeah. Right. And she starts uh, doing her little, <laughs> and then she goes <laughs> like that evil yeah. laughter transition. It's incredible. Like not a lot of actors can do that. She's and fantastic. The scene before when she tries to to uh, electrocute Fester in the bathtub, yeah. and he and he just and then we see the classic Fester with the light bulb. Yeah. Like it's just so much greatness in this movie. Jacqueline, did you see in the theater, or was this were you a late arrival to Adam's Family Values? I'm pretty sure I saw Adam's Family in the Dollar Theater at the Sunrise Mall. Shout out to Corpus Christi. I think this was a TNT special for me. Okay. I think this one was definitely on TV. It it was definitely on TNT because I, I want to be clear. I was an only child. So like before I was of driving age, any movies I wanted to see, I had to be taken to. You know what I mean? And I was definitely not taken to the mall until I was in my like. But once I was able to get to the mall on my own, yeah, I was there all the time. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. I loved what this movie did because the first one sets up Gomez and Morticia so well. And, and like you said, Darina, this was the last film that I guess Raul Julia got to see released because yeah. he did... Street Fighter didn't come out till after he had already passed away. And he he I think he died in, in 1994. So, you know, mere months after this movie came out. But 
because that first one sets such a great foundation for who the matriarch and the patriarch are, I think that they also like the filmmakers, Barry Sonnenfeld and company, you go back and you watch that first one, and you say, we really got some gold with these kids. Yeah. With with, with Pugsley and particularly Wednesday, like this Christina Ricci is not just a, a good like kid act. This is a star. And so I think they took that and ran with it for Adam's Family Values. And I love that she got more of more to do. Right. And boy, did she step up and knock it out of the park. Totally. Yeah. And especially because I think the reason I love the, you just said it, the first one was more of a focus on the the adult relationship, right? Mm-hmm. The second one, they give him a little baby. They give him a little pubert, right? Mm-hmm. Little pubert. Fantastic and name. mustache. But it makes sense uh, to focus on the kids this time because the, the great thing about these movies to me is that, to me, the Adams family are the antithesis of a, uh, you know, the, the nuclear American family with mm-hmm. the with the family values, right? Yeah. The, the suburban stereotype of what a family should be, right? And so I love, that's why I think Morticia and, and Gomez are so amazing together and, and show you what a healthy, rela- loving relationship is. Um, and with Wednesday, um, you get, you know, the what a teenage girl is going through at that time and how she feels like an outcast as a, uh, Jacqueline beautifully said, especially amongst Karens and Chads. Dude, um, seriously. I the mean, entire camp of them. Yeah. And and so I just love the fact that, you know, like there's a great line where um, the kid that Wednesday's hanging out with, I think his name is Joel, the little yeah. Jewish kid. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, he he asks her, um, what what have you met the right man who worshipped you, adored you, blah, 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 uh, who, you know, who was your, your devoted slave? What would you do? And she goes, I'd pity him. I mean, but look at the dynamic between Morticia and Gomez. Like, as much as they become loving, you would imagine that was probably the beginning of their courtship. He's been a simp since the beginning, and she's basically like, maybe. You know what I mean? Like the men are seem to be under the spell of women, which is not just central to the Adams family. No. I'd say that's whether most dudes want to admit it or not. We're but it is anti. Much- but it's not like a, like usual sitcoms, for example. No, no. right? Like the, like the sitcoms you're used to, like Married with Children or things like that. Usually, the guy is always crapping on the wife. I would say Married with Children. I, I'm going more traditional, like you know, a more family sitcoms, like, like Ozzy Harriet type stuff. I, I I would look at this is like according to Jim, you know, because oh, okay. like it, it, Jim oh, is just King a of moron Creeds, and, yeah, and, and that kind of stuff, like King of Queens, yeah, things like that. Bre- so, everybody loves Raymond, right? Yeah, that's and, fair. And, and that's I seriously. Thing. Honestly, like, like just with all the relationships I've had with the fair sex, it's like that's pretty much how it goes. Yeah. It's like you just show up and like, hey, how can I do, you know, boyfriend you today? How can I earn enough <laughs> okay. How can I do for my, boyfriend yeah. for my reward this evening? I just want to be a good boyfriend so I can go drink it with the boys on, on night seven Oh, or is that what your reward is? No, I think every guy starts the day of like, how nice do I have to be to her so I can continue to be laid by the end of this evening? <laughs> that's also essential. And it like seems it. to be something that Morticia and Gomez celebrate yeah. regularly and and the relationship like it, it's so tough to to narrow down like who's your favorite member of this household you know but i was just this on this rewatch i was so struck by how great christopher lloyd is mm-hmm. and just disappearing into the role of fester he he completely you, you know it's christopher lloyd but every every look every gesture every line is so well crafted and it starts right at the beginning of the movie when she's just howling at the moon. I mean, this thing sets you up for exactly what it is before the, the credits roll. We see Fester in despair. We see the birth of Pubert. And then we're just, 
We're right into it. I also think it was really interesting is everybody in here is giving performance art. Everybody's in drag. Mm -hmm. Everybody. Mm -hmm. Like, this is a movie. Like, I don't want to, like, speculate on Barry Sonnenfeld's sexuality or the sexuality of the writer, production designer, anyone. But this is just a movie that feels like it was, like, made by, like, sassy, campy gays and theater kids. (laughs) Like, I'm sorry. You're getting, like, all these, like, low-key theater idols like Christine Baranski, like Joan Cusack, like Tony Shalhoub, David Hyde Pierce, Nathan freaking lame. Totally. Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. there are some, there are some gays with like, yes, fabulous darling with the lights and the hair. We're gonna like I feel it in the DNA of this movie mm-hmm. too much to where it's like, if you don't get that aspect of it, that's the part that I love the most. Right. But that's the thing that like starks so hardly against the like staunch, like, like J. Crew lands in like ugh waspy Connecticut BS. Like, every time I think about it, I'm just like, why well, are you here? When you line up Pugsley and Wednesday at the summer camp. Yeah. At uh, good old Camp Chippewa. K- yeah. Camp Chippewa, mm-hmm. right next to all those other kids and the way they look. It's, you can't help but pull for the the weird kids. For of the course. For, for the, for the, for well, the and, I, and I'd lock uh, uh, Joel in there, too, played by David Crumholtz, where it's like, yeah, it, I love that they found another outcast. I, I thought that was really important to this movie, where it's not just us and our little family against the world. There are other people like the Adamses out, maybe not to that that extreme as far as their living quarters, right. but there's people who have a different way that they look at society, and the fact that the Adams found somebody not in their family I think was really special and a linchpin of this movie. Totally. And um, I think that the, that's honestly the biggest reason why I like this movie is uh, because it's showing this family that, like you said, goes into this camp, these kids that are complete outcasts for the wrong reasons, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just because they're mm-hmm. weirdos. The Adams family are supposed to be weirdos that people are like, oh, they're, they wear black and they like spiders and, like, you know, they're just, uh, I, I don't get it. They're probably satanic, you know, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. whatever some Karen would say, right? Mm, no offense to cool Karens. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but the when they're in the camp, you know, um, all of these people are wealthy, mm. you know, uh, weird people that don't like anybody that's not like them. Yeah. Right? right, and they're actually right. dis- discriminatory against I mean, look, anybody that's not like it's them. It's white supremacy camp. Like, Correct. we can just go I ahead mean, and like call it out for what it is. <laughs> Thank but, you, Jacqueline. But uh. the thing I think is so interesting about it is the tribes that you find as you sort of adopt them. And like, look, David Crummeltz, who plays Joel, the little Jewish kid who's mm-hmm. like worshiping her, uh, part of the Indian crew, as it were. That kid very much exemplifies that because look at him by the end of the movie. He is dapper down with his little like painted on mustache, mm-hmm. you know, like he is in it. He is right. in it by the end. And I think that's the, I don't know. I, I have a different fantasy of where those two end up in 20 years. Oh, I just feel like they're living out. <laughs> Morticia and Gomez. Like, literally, what does Wednesday become when she matures past the schoolgirl outfit? I I think she ends up actually uh, dating a lot of people, but never getting married and just going off on her own. And that's the dream I see for her. But um, but I mean, the again, the best part is the and the reason why it's the best Thanksgiving movie is just going back to that. It's and, and as Jacqueline said, the musical aspect of it, of seeing Pugsley in that giant turkey suit and yes. being like, eat me, right? <laughs> like, that's a great scene. But obviously, that's the best part of the movie yeah. is uh, Wednesday's famous speech, right? Yes. Uh, uh, where, uh, you know, you we decided to scalp you and or for all these reasons and uh, and uh, we decided to scalp you and, and burn your village to the ground, right? Like, where she talks about specifically, she literally calls out people like, you know, I she's dressed as a uh, Native American mm-hmm. and she's saying, years from now, you, my people will be forced to live in 
mobile homes on reservations. Your people work, will wear cardigans and drink highballs. Like all of that speech yeah. is inc- an incredible speech. Yeah. I, I, that's what I post for Thanksgiving every year <laughs> because people are like, oh, it's like, you know, a moment to be thankful. I'm like, that's great. But here's what really happened. Fair. And I think that's fair. that's what makes it a great movie. I, I definitely don't disagree with you on that. That's why I like to remove all of the things about Thanksgiving besides the meal from it. It's just about my food. Yeah, I, I, I think that in our modern society, you have a, a weird reconciliation with a lot of our holidays, with the origin story of them anyway. Right. Or you know, and and with this, I feel like is somebody should be assigned at every Thanksgiving table to deliver the Wednesday Adam speech. Okay, let's eat. You yeah, know? it's like a land acknowledgement. Yeah. Like we Correct. should definitely have this before we sit down to do this. But you know, you, you think about the relationship between Wednesday and Joel, which is such a big part of this movie. But it's also he is somebody who's clearly smitten and under the spell. I. I I guess you could say like he really has feelings for this girl. And then you have Fester and Debbie because Debbie shows up and we all know she's up to something pretty soon after she arrives. But how is Fester supposed to like, I feel so bad for him because he's just having his Joel moment. And we want Joel and Wednesday to stay together because we know Wednesday is like a genuine person. Mm. But we, we like we're rooting for Fester to get something. But oh, no, now Debbie shows up and it's almost like you see how easy it is. And it's like, no, it's not supposed to be that easy to fall in love to meet your soulmate. It's supposed to be hard, like what Wednesday is putting Joel through. It should not be so easy that the nanny shows up and the next day she's just thrown herself at you. She's in love. Also, I might add, I still think it's so funny, like the concept of Thanksgiving as it's so illustrated in this movie. The reason why they needed a Thanksgiving is because these white people came over the water completely ill-prepared. Like they got (laughs) here and they were like, you need to bathe and build things. Like, let's give you some food, crazy people because clearly you do not understand that like you should die right, <laughs> for, right. not, for not taking care of yourself it, that that's the comedy of all of this but again which ones got called savages <laughs> fair, fair. yeah when you look at the movie itself and like and its release and its reception i i feel like everything is pretty properly rated i just think that nobody can can really tell especially with a comedy when it's released, it's really funny in the moment. And then you go back and you revisit it. You know, you watch something like like Porky's 10, 20 years later. And you're like, ah, oh, maybe that doesn't all hold up. Mm. Everything about Adam's Family, there wasn't anything that didn't work as well as it did in 93. Some of it even works better today than right. it did back totally. in 93. So there's no way to know that you're making a comedy that's going to stand the test of time. But I feel like really both of these movies certainly check that box. Yeah, yeah. and I don't know if you guys heard um, that uh, apparently, so Paul Rudnick's the writer and um, and there he took the name for the film's title, Family Value, specifically from a Dan Quayle speech. Yeah. Right. Because uh, and Dan Quayle was obviously focused on what it was talking about earlier. I mean, he was just like, using the Southern strategy to win a Republican nomination. But yeah, correct. Basically this well, idea, he was talking about the L.A. riots. Yeah, and, and LA how, like, exactly. We need yeah. to get back to family values, yeah, which is not really equating anything going on with. Yeah, the right. LA riots like, or maybe, you know, the fact that cops keep beating black mm-hmm. people. But right. I'm sure the family is going to help with that systemic issue. It's like now when you look at like the game that they played, because, again, that's the comedy of like now is like the same game is being played. They just change the players. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. but you can you can do something that is so uh, that is such a has a political message to it that was so well veiled by the Adams family where we're, we're we're receiving all this stuff. Even if we just think we're going to see this kooky, campy family right. live out a day in their life. I think it's, again, exactly. it's saying the idea of there's different types of families, so they can definitely do it. I was going to ask you this, though, about it, because. As much as it is your favorite movie, what of the criticisms that you've heard of it? Because I'm sure when you, you know, whatever, because, like, again, the one that I have is that 
It's so funny. Gene Siskel said in his review that Tim has here that... Uh, I didn't the, understand Siskel's I did not, criticism. This is the thing. The problem with the originals, we spend too much time in the mansion and not enough time outside missing with regular folk. I get what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Their idea is that the people at the camp are not regular folk, and mm-hmm. then any of the stuff with Fester and Debbie is obviously not with regular folk. They actually don't mingle with the general populace. It's very just specific pockets in various areas, but I didn't understand his review about this one either. But I'm curious, what are the criticisms that you've sort of heard about it when people dislike it? Um, well, Jacqueline, you're the first person that I know. Shut not up! <laughs> no! This is not I'm even the case. This no. is so not the case. Um, I think um, some of it... Good joke, though, seriously. <laughs> uh, I think some of it is, uh, some of the stuff you mentioned, that um, it got a little too campy. Mm. Uh, but um, to me, it's just uh, it is what you were saying also earlier. It's it, it's it's meant to be more theatrical to me. I mean, there's a whole ass scene yeah. with uh, Morticia and Gomez dancing in yeah. the middle of a restaurant. Yeah. Right. And uh, and it's ridiculous, but it's so well shot that to me, that is a great uh, filmmaking aspect. Right. That I think a lot of people just sometimes don't appreciate mm. because they're focused more on the story. And so, so um, I don't, in the first one, as you said, there's that great scene with um, uh, young, the younger version of uh, Amanda, the, the little girl who plays Amanda, who mm-hmm. later plays Harmony on Buffy, for all those Buffy oh, fans later. Okay. Isn't she also the girl that plays the villain on True Beverly Hills? I think she is. I believe so. Yeah, yeah. she's good at those roles. Um, and uh, there's a famous uh, Girl Scout cookie line, right? In yeah. the original movie where Wednesday says, are they made, are the, you know, are the cookies made of real Girl Scouts, right? Yeah. And, and so I feel like that that to me is an, an a perfect uh, joke and example of what the family is. And I feel like that went to like the 10th degree in the sequel. Yeah. And so people thought it was too much. Mm. Right. But to me, the Adams family finally became the Adams family. The mm. first one was like an introduction, kind of like how people hate Man of Steel, but I like it because that's Clark Kent becoming Superman. He's mm. not Superman yet. You need that's to meet them how I before see it. they're their full form. Correct. Before they're their fa- but this so is this where is it's the ultimate form. Adams family. That's how I see it. Yes. The, it's it, the, the Dragon Ball Z. This is their final form. Now Correct. their power's over 9,000 kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. With, with this. And so I, I can see up. where it might be like a little overwhelming for folks. But the thing about this movie, too, is that it loses so much momentum if it's not as funny as yes. it is. It is so well written. Right. The jokes are so tight. They're so well delivered. You get like the law of three, like boom, 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 and then and then you know you know the punch is coming. Like I, I there's so many great lines that I forgot existed. There's the scene where Fester's just trying to figure out how to get through to Debbie, and he's talking. Uh, he, he's in bed, and like Gomez is like tucking his brother in, and Gomez says, oh, Fester, I just hope one day you'll know the the, the, the beauty of having a child and paying someone else to raise them. Like, it's just <laughs> such a good lampooning well, it's of so everything honest. modern society yeah. is. Correct. It's just, it's such a great uh, satire of uh, what society was then, and like you said, mm-hmm. and even more more so now, right? Yeah. Like, it, I think it's such a good critique of of the... The, the fakeness of people trying to, you know, have these social constructs, especially around what's family supposed to be and being like, actually, that's not how you are. Stop faking it. Everybody's messed up. Everybody's weird. So stop judging other people. Right. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the essence of this. But also, I mean, how can you, again, not love a movie where Joan Cusick is this amazing villain? 
I, just, I, don't, I don't understand the critique because she's so freaking amazing. She's, she's so amazing. Yeah. You can't help but like, obviously, when you see her fall in love with her because she's just this beautiful, you know, uh, she's going to show up and be the nanny. And then as soon as the turn happens, you you like you sympathize. You don't want Uncle Fester to fall for it. But I mean, you're also happy just because like it's so funny. Let when Fester he's get the, a little bit of play, man. Totally. He's yeah. wearing the wig and like, it's just, he's so. The wig was so tragic. <laughs> the wig great. was so tragic. That was a struggle wig before there were struggle wigs. Also, let me just go ahead and say what I think I figured it out. Barry Son, he's making a John Waters movie without being John Waters. That's, oh, that's such good. a like, good point. Like, that's what this is. Like, I just, I feel like they said we can't hire John Waters to do this because there's too much money involved. <laughs> 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 we got an Oscar winner, you know, at Angelica Houston. We've got Oscar nominees and Raul Julia. We've got a lot of big people that we're bringing into this. We need somebody who can manage kids and animals and CGI and a whole bunch of moving parts. So, like, let's get the guy that did Misery. Let's get the guy that did, you know, he's been behind the camera on some big movies. Right. He knows how to deliver for this. But they said, but we want you to make a John Waters movie because it is that campy. It is that weird. It's very it's very hairspray. That, like, this, I, is, this is hairspray with different hair. With, or it's goth hairspray. Goth hairspray. Go. Yeah, yeah it's goth I've, hairspray. Exactly. I've never thought of that, Jacqueline. It's a very good point. Does that make you like it more? <laughs> <laughs> I still like it. I just very much see its it. flaws. Like, right. like, it's just... Again, it's um, I don't want to be one of these people that gets mad for the movie that you got because I enjoyed the movie that we got. But the reason why I didn't enjoy it was because of the choice. Like they made choices that you can clearly tell were ba based on focus groups and marketing and mm. who was the most popular character at the time because Fester and Wednesday were the most popular characters. Mm -hmm. And I do feel that like the best part of the Adams Family, especially the first one, is it felt like an ensemble. It felt like everybody got a moment to shine, even Pugsley. Like, you know, they all had it and this one is very much not that there's like, definitely like the first one they're together all the time as a family and, and they, this one they're each each character is doing its own thing kind and of even thing. when they're not together they're doing things where they both get to have big moments like Pugsley and Wednesday playing together it was them playing together right, right. it wasn't necessarily the singular Wednesday off with her romantic lead and Pugsley's right. just there yeah P Pugsley's Eat much me. more like the background dancer here in this one th th than he was in the first one but everybody, when they do get a chance to shine, they still do. Like yes. Carol Kane, yes, um, right. Lord, Thing, the the effects on Thing still hold up. Amazing. Thing, incredible. Oh, that was the other thing. Incredible. Thing got a lot more to do, obviously. Hand, yeah, in this one, uh, he was very much the only one keeping Fester in together. But even like Lurch, Lurch had way more to do in the first one. Again, nothing against everything. Right. I like the ensemble. I think some choices were made. Great choices. I, did I enjoy playing in the land of lens of, of of Wednesday lighting up wasp? Yes. <laughs> Would I have liked to seen every character get some more stuff like that? What much more? All right. So here's what I intimated during the the opening, Darina, and I want you to help us out here because again, seventy five percent certified fresh, especially for a comedy sequel. That's incredible. Yeah. Uh -huh. Sixty three percent with the audience score. Why do you think the audience not quite as high on this? Because everybody like I talked to just in my real life seems to think this is the better of the two. That's because you have cool friends, Mark. Like you. Any theories on Except why it, the audience is a little cooler on this movie than the certified fresh tomato meter? I think uh, family audiences got a little uncomfortable by being shown the flaws of the way they live and people don't like being made. It's like, I, I came to the theater to have fun yeah. and to laugh and I don't want to think about freaks. my life. Exactly. To laugh at freaks. They didn't like it when the freaks really started to fight back. Yeah. I think Correct. specifically, it's the fact that the freaks, two of the young freaks, are trying to kill the baby throughout this movie. But it is <laughs> hilarious. It is so Very funny. Very dark humor. Yeah. 
But the way that Pubert just survives with like, it just happens to be falling at the exact moment that Gomez opens a window and wants to see if it's raining and he catches his kid, yes. lurch thing, all stepping up knowing that Wednesday and Pugsley are doing everything they can to end this kid's yeah. life. But it just plays so funny. And I don't think you get away with that in the first movie because you do have to fully set up this world. Right. And yeah. how not just like they're creepy and they're kooky, but also there is a unique family bond that they all there is a love there that they yeah. all have. And there's this mystical ability that they all have just to be in the right place at the right time to where you can have a lot of knife play, but nobody's really gonna get hurt. Yeah. Correct. And there is Shakira. <laughs> yes, yes. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, I love that scene where Pubert uh, is bouncing off and ends up on the window of the airplane as yeah. the, the yes. Karens are leaving. And he, and he laughs. <laughs> that kid's laugh is yeah. so infectious. Like, I don't know how they managed to get those filmed the way that they did. But that was like literally one of my favorite parts was every time that kid was like, ah! Like, he's just so happy. I'm yeah. sure it was twins. That's definitely not one baby because they need the baby to work longer. So I bet it was twins. You can see so much of Barry Sonnenfeld and, and his greatness in this. But when you watch him, uh, he directed Men in Black. Too. Yes. So when you watch Men in Black, you really see he's still t some of the best moments of Men in Black would be right at home in an Adams Family movie. Yes. You know, like, like, like watching Vincent D'Onofrio. After he gets inhabited by this alien and just demanding sugar water, that that feels like somebody that just shows up to the Adams's mansion and gets invited in. But if you look at the between the two, and it should be because look at the subject matter, we're talking about aliens and a government agency. Mm -hmm. As much as the camp of that movie is dialed down due to the fact that it's basically X Files with comedy, it's still hella camp. Sure, it's still like like very, very Zed camp. and just like you know the, the way that they they style themselves a little bit in Linda that. Linda Fiorentino as the, uh, the 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 weird mortician like that, that she would be a friend of yeah. Morticia or Wednesday whoever. I think you really nailed it. He is a Hollywood approved John Waters. Yes, <laughs> he really is. Yeah. Uh, I do want to give a, a last shout out again just to Morticia and Gomez because Raul Julia. And Angelica Houston. I mean, the entire cast is so great, but I don't I don't know how you find uh, new actors to play those roles with that chemistry that those two yeah. had. It is. I mean, I've never seen that on screen. I, I haven't seen it replicated uh, since. It, no, is, it is just incredible. And um, I miss that. Like, I, I'm, we're never going to see that again. If they were a real couple, then I would say, OK, now I because, you know, people, they love using that phrase. Like, I'm 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 ready to meet my person. Mm. Like, like, there's one person on Earth for it. I, I look at them and I'm like, yeah, that there might be something to that logic when mm. you see how well they interact. Now, look, I, I think that Oscar Isaac and I believe Charlize Theron did the voices for the 2019 animated Adam's yeah. Family, which yeah. I also thought was great. And I haven't seen that one. Th that is rotten on the tomato meter. It's like in the 40s somewhere. People hate it. I, yeah. I guess it's because it's not what we got from the early 90s, although I thought a lot of that same humor kind of was showcased. Are we fans of the Netflix series Wednesday? Do we get to check that out? I've only watched one episode of that. And were you? Did you Mark Ellis it? And what what I say, Mark Ellis is like you didn't really hate it. You just stopped watching it. Yeah, that's basically okay. it. I think I could finish it. What happened for me is I hate when this happens when I'm watching something and then I learn something bad about the production of it that makes me like I have, <laughs> I have to forget that I know certain things about this one before I go back to watch it because I was in the middle of watching it's like I don't want to I don't feel good watching this you, you know, know what I mean too much I know too much yeah uh, how do we like the portrayal of that of your character Wednesday 
I thought she was fantastic. Mm-hmm. As somebody yeah. that uh, obviously worships Christina Ricci, uh, not just as Wednesday sure. Adams, but all the way as to Misty Adams and you know, or Misty Adams, uh, Misty and uh, Yellow Jackets. Yeah. Um, I thought she's Jen- great as Misty. She's so yeah. great. Uh, but Jenna Ortega did a great job. Um, I think she um, is our. You know, Brian was saying earlier, um, she carries the show. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that that show is not the show it is without her. I, and and one of the few times where I'm like, she's been very vocal about that, about how much she had to like fight for that character. And I'm like, yeah, it makes sense because everything she said she didn't like was everything that everybody else didn't like. Mm. And it seems like, yeah, I think somebody that's a fan of the character who's like literally embodies that personality quite often in real life. I think she would probably know what the motivations behind the character are just a little. Yeah, it seems like Netflix was trying to do some, um, you know, teenage like CW meets Harry Potter. Oh, they type wanted to do Sabrina vibes. Teenage and, Witch, yeah, right. Yeah, which, they wanted to make that. They they didn't understand that you know what what the uh, the Adams family stands for, which is literally you know uh, what's the the famous uh, line. Uh, we feast on those who would subdue us. Yeah. Right. Like, that's the whole point of this family. So that, that's what needed to be shown. I didn't think yeah. the show was bad, though. I just I just think she she makes it. And it's it's a really fun show for kids. If you know if you know that you are going mm-hmm. in to see a show that's not really for us. And I they mean, still have a lot to, to do with that one as far as season two. I think that one will probably lean more into all the things that you like. Right. The, you, you look at these movies and, and you realize, you know, again, Jacqueline, kind of to your point of like you get tired watching something, you know, too much about how it was made. I don't know everything about how these two movies in the 90s were made, right? Mm. But I'm so, you don't get these movies a lot. So that's why I think it's so cherished and beloved 30 years later is the fact that we got these two movies as pure in heart and soul and comedy as they are, they're something to be cherished because you don't get a lot of them. And the fact that a comedy sequel can live up to the first one or even surpass it, very, very rare thing to pull off in Hollywood. And Adam's Family Value... I feel like does it? Jacqueline is close to there. Close, not just the, just Brian not and Dorena really championing this movie. So uh, that's going to do it for our movie talk. But now we're going to transition on over to the mailbag. Getting a lot of great emails from y'all, so you can write us anytime. RT is wrong at RottenTomatoes.com. That sounded like there's like business hours for no. You can actually write us anytime. We'll accept your email. 24-7, RT is wrong at RottenTomatoes.com. Subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. Uh, Chris Quarry is writing us today, our Ketchup Crew member, and he says, For my money, Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls, is the funniest movie ever made. I often revisit the film and laugh my ass off every damn time. Hi-ho, Silver, away! Comedy gold. I stumbled upon the Rotten Tomatoes page for the movie and was pretty surprised to see it was 21%. Well, not that surprised. Critics were pretty brutal to Jim Carrey in the 90s. The movie has a much higher audience score at 72%, but I'd be curious to hear if I'm alone in thinking that it's still a tremendously funny movie. Thanks, Chris. Well, you're talking about comedy sequels and how hard it is to make a better comedy than the original. I, Chris, I appreciate it. I felt Ace Ventura When Nature Calls missed the mark when I saw it in theaters, when I was like the peak of my Jim Carrey, probably still talking like the guy from the first one. I, and I couldn't get it out of my head. I know there's funny moments in When Nature Calls, but to me, I already felt like Jim Carrey was just doing an impression of Ace Ventura and wasn't playing Ace Ventura. But I know a lot of people like Chris who think When Nature Calls is the better of the two. What say we, ladies? I can't remember. I know we've done the first one. I think we've we done did the, the first. We one. did the first Pet Detective. Friend of the show, Steve Byrne. We yes. have not done the second one. We've not yet. done the second one. Twenty-one uh, percent. I don't remember enough about this one. I just remember it being sillier. It's it's more ridiculous. It's definitely better than twenty one percent on the tomato. Okay, yeah. are, are you a when nature calls, Stan? It's all right. 
Okay. I, I definitely, I love the first one so yeah. much. I love Jim Carrey so much. I loved him in the in the 90s. He was a crush of mine. Uh, yeah, no, When Nature Calls is fine. It's, 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 like, <laughs> it's fine. You're like, it's, it's fine. fine. <laughs> but it's weird because like Adam's Family Values, it, it's almost like, again, you're just continuing the movie from the first one. Yeah. Whereas you watch the power of the of that first Ace Ventura and how great Jim Carrey is. It's almost like anybody, Jim Carrey, anybody else, you, you, you can't, do that again. Yeah. That's lightning in a bottle. Right. And even if it's the same guy playing the same character, just a little different. Well, it's yeah. fine because it's him. Because he, again, similar to what we were saying earlier about Jenna Ortega and Wednesday, he carries the movie, right? He's so great that I'll watch him do anything. Right. Mm. But he, but you can, you know, you can't save a bad story or bad screenplay, right? Yeah. Like you can't really, but no matter how great of an actor you are or how funny. Watching him crawl out of the butt of a hippo is still pretty. pretty. Still pretty so, great. But, you know, like I'm, we're very glad oh, that Oh, that's what I remember the white devil. Yeah, White Devil. That's El Guapo. what I. That's yeah. what I remember. Yeah. White Devil. I do remember that part. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's uh, Guano. Bat Dung is Guano. Um, uh, Dorina, it's it's always great seeing you, especially this time of year. Definitely, <laughs> this is your season, girl. Uh, yes. Um. Uh. Jacqueline, I am now uh, passing the baton to your season. Oh uh, yeah. I uh, hope you all have this a lovely a Thanksgiving. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to be hiding uh, and hibernating yeah. for about uh, two months until uh, baby Jesus is born. And then I'll come out. Uh, and uh, yeah, no, thanks for having me, guys. Always love coming here. And uh, again, we will gladly feast on those who will subdue us. And you all do such a great job at uh, at World Girls at, at covering, you know, yeah. serious stuff as you need to. But then also just having a good time with the ladies. So World Girls seems to be going strong. Um, anything else you you got you want to promote uh, social media all that good stuff uh, just music I'm working on I'm scoring some some little films there nice so, so yeah check out I, I got my my DJ website DJ Bruja and, and you can see all the scores I've been doing this nice. this past year uh, somebody please hire me to do a horror movie I would love to compose that so nice yeah, giddy up we had a good time seeing that John Carpenter a few years back how nice. good was that at, at the Palladium how oh, good was that yeah. that was that was a great concert I, were you at Fantastic Desi there yeah That's we right. said yeah. That's, that's, right, that's, that's right. right. Yeah. So I say she's she was down in the spooky part of Austin as that's well. That's what she does. We yeah. saw some great movies. Yeah, they had some great stuff there. Did you have any recommendations? Yes. It can be Fantastic Fest or just be in general. Yes. Um, my favorite movie at Fantastic Fest, uh, When Evil Lurks. You're the second person to oh recommend my, this. Yeah. Everybody, I keep hearing about yeah, this movie. Yeah. I, gotta, I think it's playing now. It's, yeah, it's like in it's theaters out. nationwide, yeah. right? No, I it. saw it at TIFF and it is great. I loved it. Yeah, I loved it. It's, I, it, it's in theaters now. And it's going to be on Shutter. Oh, no, it's actually by the time this recording. Uh, It'll uh, be on Shutter by the time Shutter. it comes out. Yep, that's yeah, right. it is the I think it's the best horror movie of the year. Uh, I've never okay. seen anything like it. And uh, I was giddy in the theater laughing <laughs> while everybody else was freaking out, even though I was with a bunch of horror nerds. It's yeah. really great. It's a really unique taste. Uh, sorry, a unique take on possession. OK, yeah. I'm in. All right. That is Darina Ariano. You can check her out uh, across social media platforms and make sure you do your due diligence. Investigate the World Girls, uh, uh, a bitch out of water. They're sort of a subset podcast. They got a great empire going on over there. I saw I got to hang out with all three of you at uh, Halloween Horror. Halloween so Horror. That was a lot yeah. of fun making my debut in uh, those mazes. Yeah. <sighs> um, you can check that out too. our on the street show, uh, our Rotten Tomatoes. You, it's on social media. You follow us on Instagram, all that good stuff. You can actually watch me going through the mazes and getting the crap scared out of me. It's, Absolutely uh, terrifying. And it's all real, folks. All genuine reaction. So for the whole gang here at Rotten Tomatoes, that's our esteemed producer, Brian Perez, the whole gang that is uh, doing all the tech stuff for us. Everybody at RottenTomatoes.com. For Jacqueline, for Darina, I am Mark Ellis. We will see you all next time. Happy holidays. Happy holidays.